0: A really interesting project is underway at Western University. I think it's fair to say people are familiar with the Underground Railroad, but... What happened after it? What happened to those who came to Canada and specifically to London? Western University researchers Miranda green Bartite and Alyssa McLean are looking into just that. Their goal is to create Western's first Black Londoners Digital Archives. Miranda green Bartit is an undergraduate chair and professor of gender, sexuality and women's studies and English studies at Western University and joins us now. Thanks for your time today.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: I uh, personally love history. I find we often don't know enough about our own history, so projects like this one uh, really resonate with me. And it seems as though there is a gap in uh, London here in knowing the history of uh, Black Londoners.
1: Yeah, I would uh, I would certainly agree with that. I think that what my colleague Alyssa McLean and I have found uh, in our archival work, and also in reviewing the work of other historians at Western and at Huron is that the knowledge that we have as academics and the knowledge that is present in the archival record often um, isn't known by the greater public. And uh, what we are finding out uh, doesn't necessarily match the perception that we as Londoners and as Canadians have of what the experience of being Black in the 19th century was like.
0: So for this project, how many Londoners are you looking to uh, learn more about?
1: Uh, so we're starting with a narrative by a white abolitionist named Benjamin Drew, who published the narrative in 1856. And his chapter on London includes uh, the biographies of 16 individuals. So we're starting with those 16 Um because it's archival work, it's sort of hit or miss as to what we will find. We have already found some information on at least six of those 16, and we're also hoping that our archival work will lead us to other individuals.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's kind of, I guess, the, the unknown with all of this. It could lead to more. I guess it might be difficult to find some and could lead to less, but hopefully it leads to, to finding about uh, more who came to this country and specifically who came to London.
1: Yes, exactly. And we are also hoping that uh, in the future, we'll be able to look at the chapters on other cities in Ontario, including places like St. Catharines and Toronto and Windsor.
0: So when you're doing this, I mean, you mentioned the, the initial kind of source material, but how easy or difficult is it to, you know, find information with something like this when we're talking about, you know, the 1850s, the 1860s? Obviously, you know, we're looking at, you know, 160, 170 years ago.
1: So it's pretty hard. Um, archival work ordinarily is difficult at best when it's involving people like former early enslaved individuals who fled the United States uh, to settle in Canada and who perhaps did not want to be part of the public record. It's even harder. We have no way of knowing uh, whether or not the names that Benjamin Drew recorded in his book are the names of actual individuals, and at least in two or three cases, we suspect that they're pseudonyms. So it's it's uh, hard to find references to those individuals. Um, the people who we have found in the archival record, their names change uh, a bit. One individual in particular in the narrative is referred to as Abby Jones. And in the historical record of uh, census documents in London, we have found an Abby Jones, but we have also found... An A B Jones, uh, so we're speculating that they may be the same individual, just based on the way that the details line up. Also, because censuses weren't done um, with regularity, or because uh, formerly enslaved individuals perhaps didn't have homes of their own, they lived in boarding houses or they lived with friends, um, with with church acquaintances. It's it's relying on. Census rolls or city documents is is not not always accurate.
0: And I guess one of the you know aspects you kind of maybe touched upon this al- or alluded to it a little bit earlier was uh, you know just learning more about uh, what life was like. And even though uh, there was the Underground Railroad to this country, it, it does not mean that once in this country. Uh, individuals would have faced uh, uh, some form of uh, racism or or prejudice uh, secondhand. What what whatever the case might have been.
1: No, the presence of the underground railroad certainly doesn't indicate that at all. And what is revealed in some of the narratives, and certainly what we're finding when we look at other historical documents and other individuals' research, is that they faced a fair amount of racism coming to this country and and coming to Canada in particular. Um, In addition to having a relatively sizable population of formerly enslaved individuals in in London, uh, post-1865 with the conclusion of the Civil War, London also had a rather large population of uh, Confederate fugitives. So... Uh, London has a long-standing tradition of being both progressive and conservative, and I think that we are seeing that reflected in what we're learning about these individuals' lives.
0: What could learning more? I mean, to that point, I mean, what could learning more about our past really help us understand the present? Then,
1: I think that learning about our past, um, the way that racism has been instituted in structures. Um, will will help us understand how racism continues to affect uh, structures in our own city, and also help us to deconstruct long-standing prejudices and stereotypes.
0: And what could this research lead to? I know there's the uh, the goal of uh, creating you know a digital archives for this, but what's the hope that this could lead to?
1: So the hope is that we are actually able to track these individuals in Drew's narrative and to see the relationship that they had uh, with London in terms of space and location, but also to determine uh, what happened to them after Drew's narrative, so after 1856. And what we have initially found in the historical record for those that we've been able to locate is that many of them stayed in London for several years and then um, most seem to fall out of the historical record of London by about 1865. So we're trying to determine what that means. What what is that connection um, to the to the what's going on in the United States at the time? 1865 is the end of the Civil War. Many formerly enslaved individuals started looking for relatives that had been forcibly separated, from whom they had been forcibly separated. So we're speculating that some may have returned to the states. In creating the digital archive, we're really hoping to create a permanent home for this information that is accessible to everyone. We do not want to gatekeep this information. We don't think that this information is only relevant to academics. We think that anyone who has an interest in the history of Black Londoners or the history of Black individuals in Canada should be able to access this information.
0: It'll be really interesting to see where this goes. I certainly appreciate the time today. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. That's Miranda green Bartit, undergraduate chair and professor of gender, sexuality, and women's studies and English studies at Western University.